0: Color coated bracelet. Yes, like the one I'm wearing. Yes, and you know who else did that? It's the Mexican Cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon. All right. Happy Friday, July the 7th evening. Thank you guys so much for logging in. I had a little bit of a hiccup there. I couldn't find my phone, and I was like, how am I supposed to switch the audience? Uh, Anyways, so that's why it took a little bit longer for me to log in. But um, we are currently right now going live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Getter, Twitch, um, and I can't even remember. I think I think that covers pretty much all of it. Um, so, guys, please, before we get started, like and share the video. Like and share it because the information that's going to be coming out today, I feel it is just vitally important. I think that this is a topic, a headline that people, if they did see it, they probably didn't pay too much attention to. Um, but I, I, it's something that I feel like is really important, and I have a special guest. On with me today uh, to help, uh, I guess, lay this out into layman's terms um, of what this could potential, what it means, and what it could potentially mean. And it's so funny because today also I have a live studio audience. My daughter is sitting in front of me today, watching this live. So if I like kind of glance over there and smile, you guys know why. Um, anyways, but I just want to go ahead and just get like right into it. The headline today was the DOJ gears up to go after. Texas law enforcement, of course, with the special guest, Hart Seller. Um, I'm so excited. We got connected through a mutual friend um, a while back, and, um, you know, I follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to make sure that you guys have his Twitter handle. You guys need to follow him, um, and, and the information that he puts out and the insight that he brings, I just had to reach out to him. I'm so thankful that he's taking a little bit of his time to come on tonight because, again, I think that this is, and we're going to tie this into the declaration of invasion, you guys know that we have been pushing this out, secure the border. And now the nonprofit Alliance for safe Texas, we have been pushing out this call to action of trying to push for the declaration of invasion with so many others. And um, you know, some of the other organizations and groups and individuals, uh, because we know that it is just vitally important. We were down there um, at, in Kinney County the other day for the press conference. Uh, and if you guys did not get a chance to see the live broadcast, uh, the short live broadcast that I did right after the uh, the, co- the press conference, please go back on the social media pages. We don't have that on, on the podcast just yet, um, but it does have the current um action items. And I think that after you guys hear uh, today's special guest and, and the topic that we're discussing, I think this is hopefully going to motivate you guys to, uh, you know, get take if you haven't followed those that the citizens call to action and we have the new petition that just went up last night um, that petition we're collecting signatures if we get a few thousand signatures which is what we're hoping for we, uh, you guys know me I will be printing that out and Alliance for Safe Texas Secure the Border will be printing that out and handing it directly into the office of the uh, office of our governor of Governor Abbott I will send it to our Attorney General Ken Paxton I will walk it into the state capitol and give it to every single GOP representative And senator, and possibly even a few Democrats, um, and say that this is what the constituents, the citizens of Texas, is demanding. Because this is where we are. This is where we're forced to to how we're forced to act. We need you guys to hear our plea. We stand with the border counties. We are united. We are one Texas because we understand that the border crisis literally affects every single corner of Texas and the Great Nation um, as a whole. Uh, Every town literally is a border town, and we're all impacted in many ways, whether we see it or not. So I want to just jump into it without further ado. I want to introduce Mr. Hartzeller. And no, that is not his real name, by the way. If you guys are not familiar uh, with that, let me just give a little bit of of background, if you will. Um, The Hartzeller, what that actually is it actually refers to the Hartzeller Immigration Act of 1965 which was the Immigration and Nationality Act Um, and so that kind of gives a little bit of background but he is actually and I had it here because I condensed it an anonymous federal careerist who has worked in immigration for almost 20 years specializing in national security with a focus on the lesser known aspects of immigration and uh, of the Immigration and Nationality Act, aka Title Eight. So, uh, let me, without further ado, Mr. Hartseller. Thank you so much for coming on today.
1: Oh, absolutely! Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you. So, guys, again, really quick, please like and share the video on all the platforms. This message needs to get out. And I asked him to come on today. And I'm going to be sharing your tweet that you sent out. um, That once I saw you send that out, I was like, yes, like, I I need to have him on. So I'm going to be displaying your tweet while you're talking about it. And, And really, the headline of it, of course, was in reference to I believe it was like two or three days ago, where it was announced that the DOJ is going to begin um, you know, going after the state of Texas. But w- what kind of piqued my interest, which I mean, it's not surprising. It was actually based on a complaint filed by the ACLU and over, I think, another, like a 100 other uh, uh, groups. Um, You know, but what kind of caught my attention was that as I was reading the complaint, it appeared to me like this is far more than then just going after like your typical Lawsuit, you know that 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 Attorney General Ken Paxton is has been just filing and fighting on so many different levels. This pe- appeared to be a lot potentially deeper, uh, and given the tone of the country, and given the tone of uh, three-letter agencies and of the DOJ going after and labeling. You know, uh, moms going to school boards as domestic terrorists in their houses, their doors being, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning broken into. And, and the you know, the what we're dealing with where we still have, uh, dem, you know, federal like prisoners, uh, political prisoners um, from January 6th still sitting in, in a D.C. jail. Um, I saw this as potentially a lot deeper. So I'm going to keep quiet and I'm going to show your tweet that kind of initiated me reaching out to you. Let's see here. Okay. There we go. And it was this right here. All right. Once again, I predicted that this would happen. The prosecutions will, uh, the prosecutions to follow mark my words. Can you go ahead and start going into this a little bit and what you meant by this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to sort of set the background a little bit, uh, if you think back to uh, like near the beginning of the Trump administration, there were, uh, there were some militias that were operating, I believe it was in Arizona, and the federal government swooped in and charged the militia members basically with kidnapping illegal aliens. But there was also a, another element which sort of plays in here, and that is a concept under federal law called deprivation of rights under the color of law. And so it's, it's 18 U.S.C., I believe 242, And so what it is is it's it has multiple aspects, but from the conversation we're having here, it basically would allow the Department of Justice to arrest and prosecute anybody associated with Operation Lone Star. So from, you know, the Buck pirate the Buck private Texas National Guardsmen all the way potentially up to Greg Abbott and Ken Paxton. they probably, I don't think the D.C. would go that far, but they'll go for anybody lower than that because they can. They have a point that they feel like they need to prove. So uh, deprivation of under the color of the law, it would be basically the federal government alleging that law enforcement officers and members of the Texas Military Department are basically... Subverting the constitutional rights of illegal aliens—that's the the short the short answer. Now, what people don't usually understand is that illegal aliens have constitutional rights, but that being said, they don't have the full measure of constitutional rights that you and I enjoy. So, for instance, one of the one of the ones that we've talked about is that m- the primary offenses under the immigration laws are civil in nature. So while you and I, if we were charged with a crime would enjoy the benefit of an attorney being appointed for us, if we couldn't afford one illegal aliens, because they're being, they're being, uh, their deportation proceedings are civil in nature, they are entitled to an attorney, but at no cost or expense to the federal government and therefore to taxpayers either. But so under the depriva- the idea of deprivation under the color of law, it, it would be that the, the um, you know, Texas uh, infrastructure, law enforcement and the military components that make up Texas is basically border security at this point would be somehow violating the rights of these illegal aliens. And what I didn't mention before was that on the back side, on the front side, you'd be looking potentially at your your friends and neighbors there in Texas that work for DPS, work for the local sheriff's office, are in the Texas National Guard, or you know work at the headquarters for the Texas Military Department. They could be looking at a rather lengthy period in federal prison. But on the on the other end of the spectrum, the aliens whose rights they quote unquote, violated, would be rewarded with uh, visas to stay in the United States for serving as witnesses in the prosecution of those individuals.
0: So essentially, uh, like serving as witnesses for those individuals, which we know that like that's so uh, okay, correct me if I'm if I'm misunderstanding this. So essentially, like they would almost have to be testifying against each other
1: no sorry they would be okay. the aliens would be testifying against whoever the department of justice was charging for violating the aliens rights so
0: for example a texas military agent or dps or a local sheriff's deputy or sheriff or something along those lines like you would essentially have potentially like if they were to really go down this route um have illegal aliens testifying against texas law enforcement officials with these charges
1: Exactly. The the illegal alien goes from being basically an invader, you know, an unwanted house guest to, quote unquote, crime victim, in which case then they get leveraged by the federal government as witnesses for the prosecution against, uh, you know, individuals from Texas and then for their troubles get rewarded with a crime victim visa.
0: And see, and we've seen this happen. As a matter of fact, I had a conversation. I was in a meeting not too long ago. Um and and there was a gentleman who was not very happy with what I had to say, uh, and and I'm going to kind of like backtrack just a little bit at the very beginning of of this active invasion because that is exactly what it is. A lot of the sheriffs were meeting with you know having town halls and everything else, and they were meeting with their local uh you know their their local citizens and they're going look like they're breaking into our homes with our children and our wives inside they're stealing you know uh, our cars our property they're damaging like just everything that we uh, (laughs) that comes along with this invasion, like, you know, everyone thinks like, this is Texas. We have the castle, you know, the castle uh, doctrine here. Like we have the stand your ground state, you know, so we're, we're protected. And I remember that there was one incident and I believe that it was Sheriff, Sheriff Coe, who he said, look, I'm not going to, we're not going to come after you. You, you, you shoot this person who is putting a, a, a trying to break into your home with your wife and your children, you know, inside. And this has been happening over and over and over again um, for over the last almost two years now, since the Biden regime took office, uh, we're not going to come after you. You know, you you have the right to be able to defend yourself. You sure do. But understand this, even though we as an I, as a sheriff and here as a county, we're not going to come after you. But after that, the ACLU, the ACLU is coming after you. And uh, you're going to you very well could potentially lose everything for you and your family. And people don't quite understand that. And I remember when I was explaining that, like that this is one of the problems that is that makes this so complicated because it's almost it, it's it's not almost as if. And you said it earlier that like illegal aliens do not inherently have the same constitutional rights, even though the left tries to paint that. They do not have the same constitutional rights as an American citizen. But effectively, they have more in many ways because they have groups like the ACLU and so many others that use our taxpayer dollars. Uh, there was, you know, to 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 actually go into their countries and to represent these illegal aliens. Where if you try to defend yourself and your family as you should be able to, you're now facing having everything taken away from you. Um, and, and, and it did happen. There are cases, there was a case a few years back where in, I believe it was in Del Rio. It might have even been Brackettville. I'd have to, I have to go back and look at it where this gentleman either was a retired couple. Um, you know, he was, it was, it was nonstop, you know, with these illegal aliens, like coming onto their property, he felt threatened and he actually shot a warning shot. Uh, and it ricocheted off of, uh, off of the ground or off of the, the, The rocks, or something, probably the Caliche Road, the rocks there, and then ended up uh, actually hitting one of the illegal aliens and killing him. They went back to his family in in where I forgot what country he was from. I want to say it was Mexico represent used our taxpayer dollars to represent his family saying oh well he you know he he died needlessly he didn't have to what whatever the case was and um, people can go back and look it up and I might spend the time to do this and go back again and refresh my memory I should have done so but um but this was a few years back and this rancher uh was sp- spent time in jail and ended up like losing a million dollars having to pay the family of the illegal aliens that were trespassing on his property Coming near his home, uh, to pay him a million dollars. So and and this right here is gearing up to potentially go after our Texas law enforcement under uh, serving under Operation Lone Star. And you know, we, we could sit here and say, and I've said it before that Operation Lone Star, as it currently stands unfortunately, over four billion of tex- Texas taxpayer dollars spent. Um, You know, law enforcement leaving all deployed down there to the border, including, of course, DPS that a lot of the rest of Texas and the rural counties in Texas depend on. And so it leaves the other, you know, counties absolutely vulnerable, um, you know, and ravaged in these small other communities across Texas. There's so many this this is just so bad on so many levels. But now we're talking about. Potentially having federal forces come and the doj coming and arresting texas law enforcement officials for operating under operation lone star trying to defend the state
1: it's it's really something and i so uh, i every once in a while will will jokingly tweet but like it's it's serious business is that detained detained aliens they tend to lie so i mean the whole thing is that it's not even a matter of uh an alien telling the truth and then that you know coming down on on somebody in texas law enforcement but even like if it's a plausible lie or not even plausible i mean i've seen some instances where the lies were like completely implausible but yet people still believed it so i mean the whole thing is that if we're talking about if an alien says that you know they're they think their rights were violated if you know if they can make somebody else believe it that's going to be good enough so i mean even even if law enforcement does everything by absolutely by the book by the letter and spirit of the law there are still going to be aliens that see dollar signs think back to the you know proposed four hundred and fifty thousand dollar payout per family member not just per child per family member for uh, families separated at the border during the trump administration they they, these people see dollar signs. The whole thing is that you know the the federal government, and I say this weirdly, being you know an agent of the federal government, is that the government is gaslighting people into believing that all of these people coming are asylum seekers. But in actuality, the statistics are that about eleven point six six percent of border crossers, you know, aliens who enter between ports of entry are actually seeking asylum. The rest of them are economic migrants. So if you're an illegal alien, and you're coming to the United States, because your life back home sucks, and your only objective is to make money, we should not as Americans kid ourselves for a minute that these people would not steamroll us for, a you know, $450,000 or more payout, You know, even if they need to exaggerate the truth or, you know, just blatantly lie, it's whatever. They're here to make money and they're going to make it off us one way or another. So that's just quicker, easier money.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I, I remember, like, when that was uh, talked about not too long ago, it feels like a long time ago, but it was just recently, uh, it wasn't that long ago where they uh, proposed that, they literally had, I remember going and visiting along the border shortly after that that was announced, and they had illegal aliens just recently crossing over, like, just right out of the river, like, literally expecting the money right then and there. And it creates this sense of entitlement. And that's one of the things too, that we're seeing, um, you know, and the people that live there along the border that, that the shift more recently of, you know, you had those before and everybody always thinks like, oh, these, these poor migrants, they're coming over here for a better life. And even, even people on, on, on the right that, um, you know, that, 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 believe those things and and I understand it's a humanitarian aspect, but th- this is all kind of leads to where we are right now, that kind of thinking, that kind of mentality. And now you have these illegal aliens that are coming over demanding. and that's the difference. There was this shift uh, where they're coming over literally demanding and expecting more and more and more. And in my opinion, and I've talked about this a few times. That this is being utilized and exploited to fast track the United States and attempts to fast track the United States, not just into socialism, but straight into communism. You know, when you've got millions and millions of people pouring over um, with not even the illegal ability to even work, uh, even if they are claiming asylum, which, like you said, the vast majority of them do not qualify since the vast ma- good portion of them would be considered economic migrants that oh, is no, not no a ma'am uh,
1: the majority of them are not even asking the mm-hmm. few that ask of them most won't receive asylum but like up front the majority of them are not even asking
0: so they're ju- they're just expecting like they're just like we're economic migrants we we're, we're here for a better life and give us everything
1: yeah so so uh, border patrol agents will tell you that um, of, of recent um, will tell you sometimes that you know, if they're doing uh, like a, a field interview with an alien and they ask, you know, hey, where are you from? Why, why are you here? The person will tell them I came for a job but then you put them in the cooler for a couple of hours and then suddenly they're like oh yeah i uh, i forgot to mention that i wanted asylum but even still at the end of the day that that does not represent the majority of them the majority of them are not seeking asylum they're just here for a job and you know it, even even as uneducated as many migrants are i mean just from a basic educational level they're not stupid Mm-hmm. They communicate amongst themselves. So if it, like they're usually coming because they know somebody and whoever it was, they knew whether it's family or friends told them now is the time to come cross here. This is what you say when you get out. I'll wire you money for your you new know, onward bus ticket or plane ticket. Cause people think that the federal government is paying for you know, the onward travel after release from custody, but it's not, not, it, it's only doing that for children. For everybody else, once you're cut loose from custody, you're on your own. Now, I'm not saying that NGOs aren't in some cases stepping in and paying for travel arrangements. And of course they got the money from us, but the government itself is not directly paying for onward travel. But the whole thing is that an alien already has a destination in mind. They don't it's very rare for them to not know where they're going. Because the whole thing is in order to get out of custody, you need your notice to appear in immigration court. And that notice to appear has the location of the immigration court where your deportation proceedings, your removal proceedings, removal being the correct term, um, where your proceedings are going to be. So most aliens already have not only a city in mind, they may actually know the exact address or can call someone and get it where they're staying because they're going to tell the border patrol agent that's going to get, you know, written or typed out on the notice to appear. And then when they get cut loose, they go down to, you, for instance, you know, they get dropped off at, at McAllen, they go there to the bus station and catch a Greyhound bus to wherever it is they're going to maybe or maybe not show up in immigration court years from now.
0: Mm-hmm. And that and and that's also what I've seen. Like everywhere along the border, they know exactly where they're going. As a matter of fact, I have a whole bin of, uh, of, of documents and IDs and everything else. And a lot of that's also scattered in there is exactly that addresses and phone numbers. Uh, and you ask them, where are you going? Uh, the, the, a lot of the answers that we get is Florida, um, you know, uh, Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, uh, and m- in the Midwest, you know, I've gotten a few from Massachusetts and uh new york so like they know like you said they know exactly where they're going but um and guys really quick right now i just want to remind you guys please like and share the video right now i have heart seller on and we are discussing right now the the threat uh that the D- the potential threat that the doj uh seems to be gearing up to go after not just the state of texas uh you know the the, the state of texas as a whole uh but potentially gearing up to go after our exact our, our law enforcement officials um you know that says, this is let me ask you has that ever been done i know that you we talked about the, the case with the um, militias over there in arizona but has it ever been done before because this all of this is really it's look, we are where we are because of the failures of both parties That's that's in my opinion, that's that's where we are. Right. That's that's really, truly why we are in this debacle. Um, But of course, this has never happened to this type of level in our in in my lifetime, at least. Um, And and to record like on this massive millions and millions and it's just open, wide open borders. Um, And then born out of necessity is this push for you know, Operation Lone Star, and it's a lot of things, and even the Declaration of Invasion, and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second, because I really want to hear some of your opinions of what could, and with your expertise, what could the state of Texas be doing um, and, and, and you know, that, that we're not already doing. But has it ever happened um, where a state law enforcement official um, or officials have been specifically targeted by the federal government for these purposes.
1: Not that I'm aware of. I mean, usually it's uh, usually it's you know one or two local police officers after some noteworthy events. But this would be you know if it comes to pass, and I can't imagine that it got leaked to the press without plans to actually act on it. This would be both the largest scale of. Such cases, but also like going to the highest levels,
0: and that's terrifying, like, that's absolutely. It's, it's, and I think, you know, we had the incident, uh, the situation where uh, Sher- the great Sheriff Coe of Kenny County recently, because his resources for his small county, uh, it's, it's actually a large county, but small populated county, you know, were so strapped because of this act of invasion that they took, they were like, look, we, I, I can't risk. And I had Brent Smith on. Uh, talking about it he's like I cannot risk I gotta put my citizens first uh, citizens first Texans second and you know like that's the, this is my job as the elected official for the county you know for as the county sheriff and he sent them back had his deputies send them uh, four, uh illegal aliens back over the bridge and I'm like we all applauded right I mean I know I know we did you know uh, Alliance for Save Texas secure secure the border and Latinos for America first we put out a statement saying we support you um, because it, this is a type of bold action. Um, but I say that, too, because at the time, it wasn't stopped. Uh, like, the blue hats, you know, sitting on the bridge, on the inner did not stop them. And that's one of the things that with Operation Lone Star, and one of the reasons why so many of us have been pushing for the Declaration of Invasion, because according to the Constitution, it allows uh, for by any means necessary, and we had this discussion earlier, to repel, to stop, this invasion at the source, in this case at the river, um, <clears throat> you know, and and also to include up to and include deportations, which is that's what it's going to take. But in and it's all about, you know, I I have my on my profile. Picture on Facebook, you know, my make America constitutional again. I'm only for those actions constitutionally and legally because I believe that we need to go back to state sovereignty and that the Constitution, both the state of Texas and, you know, the federal, the the U.S. Constitution gives us that type of authority under an, an act of invasion. And that is exactly what it is. Um, And it seems like, you know, Governor Abbott released this executive order yesterday, which falls not only falls short of declaring this as an invasion, but honestly doesn't really change anything than than what Operation Lone Star uh, is already doing, Um, which is really just saying that, you know, if you guys read the actual verbiage, it says, you know, we're just going to Load them on a bus, if you will, uh, you know, similar to like what they do, sending them to D.C. Load them on a bus and bring them back down there to the border uh, on Texas soil, like and and essentially catch and release and releasing them back into custody of Border Patrol um, to just then continue on their business. Uh, it doesn't really change anything, and 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 that's but the apprehension. And I posted this morning. The response to, um, from the Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton's office um, to b- basically falling short and saying, "Yeah, no, we don't really feel like like this is uh, like that's our, our ability to be able to declare this as an invasion," but the reason that is given, um, really by 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 the uh, governor's office, is the potential of unintended consequences. And I know that it was also mentioned before that they were worried about. You know, uh, Texas federal or Texas law enforcement officials actually being arrested by federal forces. Well, my argument to that is now, with what we're talking about right here, is that they're gearing up to do that anyways. And it doesn't mean that it's right, it doesn't mean that it's legal or constitutional, but they're already doing that anyways. So if your argument is, oh, and I think we lost him. Hopefully he'll come back on here in just a second. But um, the argue, if the argument from from our elected officials. Oh, here he comes. <clears throat>
1: okay, Sorry, are there technical difficulties.
0: Yeah, I'm no, bad. you're good. Um, but if the argument is that for that reasoning and they're doing it anyways, it, it kind of seems like a null and void argument at this point.
1: Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, it's like it's as the expression goes: "The road to hell is paved with good intentions," and that's basically how I view Operation Lone Star. It, like, it could be so much more than it is. But as it is right now, like, I, it pains me to say it, but it's nothing more than expensive virtue signaling. Right. So, I, and, and I would, I would really like to see, uh, you know, I would really like to see the state of Texas actually do something. I mean, if you're going to, to use the words of the left, create a, uh, a constitutional, uh, what was the expression that they used? They're gonna create a constitutional crisis. Then let's actually create a constitutional crisis. Let's have a good one. Let's make the most of it. And that's just that's not currently what's happening. But I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to endanger the um, freedom and well-being of those you're You're basically entrusted to uh, you know oversee your employees and your your citizens' uh, civil servants. if you're going to endanger their their freedom and livelihood, then you should actually like make a concerted effort to make it worthwhile and that's just that's not what's happening here.
0: so what what do you think uh, what do you think that the state of Texas could do? Legally and constitutionally and operationally, because we've talked about it, uh, you know, myself and so many others have talked about this for for 18 months now or since, you know, since the Biden regime took office, uh, you know, in Center for Renewing America, um, you know, uh, Center of Immigration Studies have all said, you know, some of the things Jessica Vaughn has put out some amazing things, um, you know, about what the states could do uh, and how they can strengthen it. But in in this in these unprecedented times, and I think that that's kind of some of the apprehension as well, is like, oh, well, this has this has never been done before, that this is going to trigger that constitutional crisis, uh, and to which at this point I'm going, well, we you kind of forced our hands. The federal government has failed to uphold its duty, um, which, you know, we have the petition out there, and in the petition, the verbiage that I used was like, not only did they fail, but it's almost like mimicking this tyrannical government uh, similar to, like, the British, you know, uh, and and the king. You know, we just celebrated Independence Day, you know, thousands of miles away from Texas. In this case, it would be a a thousand, a little over a thousand miles away from Texas. We have a tyrannical dictator, um, in my opinion, uh, you know, sitting in D.C., openly committing treason and an open assault against the state of Texas. And now you're going to try to not just tie our hands, but then threaten to arrest our law enforcement for doing their job of protecting the citizens of Texas, I mean, what, what, what else, what else, what can, what, what, are your opinions? What, what do you think that the state of Texas could do under operational Lone Star? Give us some of those examples of kind of what you're saying, like, if we're going to trigger this, let's do it. It's either all in or nothing at all. What, what are some of those all in scenarios?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, so so let's just let's just hypothetically just reset the reset the clock on Operation Lone Star. So one of the one of the first problems was that Texas has the longest uh, international border with Mexico of all of the border states. However, it has the least border fencing because the majority of the land is privately owned and. Private landowners don't particularly want a border fence. But hey, you know what? I don't necessarily want one either. I think it's an ugly eyesore. I wish people would just respect us and stay out. But that's not the world in which we currently live. So it becomes a necessary tool. But so you have, I had been tweeting for for years that I thought that, you know, in the absence of the federal government, I thought that the state of Texas should use things like intermodal shipping containers which are be, that's just a fancy name for shipping containers from ships and um also there's something that i became familiar with when i was in the military which is uh, called a hesco basket it's basically a large mesh bag that you can fill with rocks or stones or dirt or whatever and it just becomes a large immobile object um you know texas needed some kind of ad hoc fence if the federal government wasn't going to build the fence that's literally required by law. So when uh, when the governor starts with Operation Lone Star, he does eventually, there you go, they're the HESCO <laughs> baskets. Um, he does, to his credit, finally start moving in intermodal shipping containers, like especially there at, in um, Eagle, Eagle Pass. Pass. But if there's a tree in the way, Instead of putting containers behind the tree, they just kind of like shrugged and were like, Well, there was a tree. That's not that's not helpful because you still have a hole now in your ad hoc fence where people are just you know, all it does is create a choke point. But since you're not turning them back, you're not repelling the invasion, because that was what you and I talked about before. Is you need to think of Texas not for this scenario as a state, think of it as a ship. If you're at if you're at sea and another ship is coming up alongside you, um, are you going to wait until the sailors and Marines from that hostile ship have boarded your own to push them back? No, the objective, primary objective is to repel invaders. And, And in this case, the illegal aliens are the invaders. Texas's objective should be to repel the invaders. And then some of them will invariably make it through because we're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people per month coming through. Okay. They're going, some of them are going to make it through. The objective is to make it as difficult as possible and then deal with those that make it through afterwards. That's the, the secondary enforcement, but your primary mission is supposed to be to repel the invaders. And that's not, that's not what's happening under operation Lone Star. That's not what's going to happen with this, you know, this executive order. So, Um, that, that would be the first thing was actually build meaningful ad hoc barriers. Do not leave gaps in them. Make the invaders work for it. You know, if, if two shipping containers stacked on top of each other is not sufficient, then stack a third one on top, make them work for it. You know, you and I joked earlier about how the left is like, oh, well, you know, you can cut through the border wall with a reciprocating saw yeah, but the average migrant doesn't show up with a reciprocating saw. That's cartel behavior. That's, you know, that you have infrastructure for that. These people don't have that. So the argument about, oh, well, if you make a stupid wall, that's 30 foot tall, I'm just going to come with a 31 foot ladder. They're not doing that either. So stack things higher and stop leaving gaps in them. That would be like some of the greatest primary effort that the state could do. And it like, what is the federal government going to do if you put up barriers to prevent illegal immigration on state owned land or privately owned land with the owners consent nothing there's nothing they can do about it but meanwhile you know the the federal government has been building fencing as we know it you know people call it a wall but it's quite legally it's a fence it's legally a fence both in its actual description and in legislation it's a fence But the Border Patrol has orders to leave gates open in the fence and they treat gaps in the fence like they're they're gates. So that's the whole thing is that it's, that's not the purpose of a a fence. So you make them work for it, make them have to walk to a proper port of entry. You know, there's no guarantee that they're not gonna still get in, but don't, don't make it easy on them. Make them work for it because a lot of them are not going to put in the effort. They're they're tired. They've been walking for, you know, in some cases months to get here. Yeah, they might be clean and wearing, wearing new clothes when they arrive at the border, their last stop, but you wanna look pretty for your border patrol glamor shot. So that doesn't change the fact that if you suddenly arrive and you're looking at 30 plus feet of sh- stacked shipping container, you're, you didn't bring a rope. You didn't bring a ladder in your tired. You're not going to try to scale it. You know, it's not going to be like a team building exercise where you and, you know, a dozen other, you know, of your closest uh, illegal caravan members are going to like do a pyramid and climb up to the top of it and help each other. That's just not, that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's great. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Yeah, I mean, and you do see like some of the the ladders and stuff. I saw one at a, at the RGV. I may or may not have had one for a little while uh, as a as a as a token, as a memento. Uh, that was interesting. But the, generally speaking, it makes it really difficult. It funnels people in. It is almost sort of. You know, uh, it 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 allows for the boots on the ground of our law enforcement to to have time to be able to get to them. And like you said, like it's very rare. It's very far and in between these massive numbers of people that we currently see. I mean, it's like hundreds at a time coming over nonstop. I mean, heck, the last time that 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 Governor Abbott had a um a press conference down there at the bridge, uh. Shortly after he left, there was a group of like two or three hundred that crossed. Um, you know, and while I was there, right before the press conference of declaring this as an invade or you know invasion uh, or requesting that Governor Abbott re- declare this as an invasion, uh, there was a group of five hundred that qu- that crossed over there in in Kim-Watho, in the Normandy line, um, and and it's just huge, massive. You're not going to have these huge, massive amounts of groups, like you said. It's going to slow them down significantly and 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 really aid the law enforcement now what in your opinion the declaration of an invasion do you think that that would do you think that it's necessary and do you think that it would be helpful
1: i I do so i do think it's necessary but the problem is like the the one that was signed as i think fundamentally flawed and i see it it's a lawsuit waiting to happen and so you and i were talking earlier i don't i would be genuine genuinely surprised if it were not enjoined by a court by monday morning when the court the court opens i can see an emergency injunction over the weekend because the whole thing is that it doesn't unless I missed it, it doesn't use the word invasion in the body of the document. And it talks about enforcing laws that the state quite literally does not have the authority to enforce, which are the immigration laws of the United States. Now, uh, we also, you and I had also talked about the parallels between this and the 2012 Supreme Court case, Arizona versus United States. and. So the background for listeners that aren't familiar with it was in 20, I believe it was 2010, Arizona passed a, a Senate bill. The bill just sort of nibbled around the edges of federal immigration enforcement. And it was intended to make Arizona a, a less welcoming place for e- illegal aliens. But the Department of Justice and Department of Homeland Security swooped in and were like, no, this is our turf. You can't, you can't enforce these aspects of immigration law. And the the argument was basically, well, okay, look, we recognize that this is, you know, this is your land, this is your turf, but you're not doing anything with the turf, so you shouldn't object to us being on it. And all we want to do are these very narrow things, but that wasn't that wasn't good enough. The federal government sued, the the case went all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, in the, the Supreme Court's defense, they did not strike down the entirety of the law. And that's something I think that people misunderstand is there were five, like five or six different um, sections of the law. And the Supreme Court, I think, only struck down like three or four of them. And you know, of course, they were the most important ones. But the point is that, that SB 1070 is, in fact, a law on the books in Arizona, to this day, just not the parts that got struck down. So, and like you and I were talking. So, go getting back to your question about what you know. What would I maybe do if I were if I were Steve McGraw or if I were Governor Abbott or you know AG Paxton? So, um, for starters, I would I would redo that executive order and I would remove the the references to illegal immigration. I would refer to them. As what they are, invaders, and I mean the whole. I understand the the constitutional premise behind the argument. So using that, like if you use that as why you're doing it, but then you talk about enforcing federal laws, you're you're sort of negating your own argument. You're you're making the government's case uh, for them. So. I would rewrite the document. I would remove references to enforcing illegal immigration. I would just they're invaders. The federal government is not is not repelling them. It's not protecting us. So therefore, we're taking the law into our own hands. We're gonna defend ourselves. We're gonna repel this invasion. And then like I said, I would look at closing closing the ridiculous gaps in the the makeshift border wall that that Texas is constructing in various places, and you and I had also talked about making choke points. So, you know, close most of the close most of the the border to um, make it so that illegal aliens can't cross, but leave yourself a couple openings. Because what I would do is I would continue to enforce the the state aspects of Operation Lone Star. You catch somebody. Uh, you trespassing, you catch somebody loitering, you catch somebody spitting on the street and you can make an arrest for it, then do it. And if that person turns out to be an illegal alien, and I'll get to that in a second, you and I had talked about that earlier, is then load them up on a bus, but instead of taking them to the nearest port of entry, like the executive order talks about, is go drive them to your Texas port of entry, quote unquote, the gap in your Texas homemade wall. And then drive it should only be as wide as as this a school bus door you just open the bus and just tell them get off and then once they've gotten off you just move something back in the way of that gap and then you you know close it up until the next bus shows up but um so you and I had been talking about the the idea of um, you know, requiring identification. And so that was one of the things that um, that Arizona had in SB 1070 was if if you are a legal alien in the United States, you are required to carry on your person at all times, if you're, I believe it's like over 14, um, your immigration documents that show that you are lawfully present in the United States. Technically speaking, even if you're an illegal alien, you should still be carrying immigration documents with you, but you probably don't have any. But anyway, so uh, there are a lot of states where if you come in contact with a law enforcement officer, they can demand you identify yourself. And so what you have is you basically have three potential scenarios. If you're an illegal alien, you either don't have ID at all and you refuse to identify yourself, in which case then law enforcement officer can arrest you. you in the second scenario, might have documents, but they're not showing that you are lawfully in the United States. They're just documents from your your home country, or maybe a, a transit permit from Mexico or something. But you could at least offer that to a law enforcement officer in good faith that you are trying to identify yourself. Or the third one is that um, you you do have documents and you show them. Fine. So. I think what Governor Abbott should do is create the, so under federal law, there is what the border enforcement zone is 100 air miles from the exterior boundaries of the United States is the Border Patrol's primary operational area. So they can operate from the middle of the river all the way to 100 air miles away from that point unquestioningly under federal law. So Texas should do the same thing, except from the shoreline to 100 air miles, let Texas DPS and the Texas Military Department operate. Create an emergency order where people coming in contact with law enforcement have to identify themselves if requested, and then that way make everybody do it the same way if you go to a restaurant and like uh i I have uh i have some some silver hair um i still get carded so do i I, so do i (laughs) so i but i don't i don't get mad about it because you know what i don't want the person carding me going to jail in a you know in a uh, uh in an action by the the state uh, liquor Enforcement Board. I don't want that person to lose their job or go to jail. So, hey, cool. Here's my here's my ID. So, do the same thing. Is we have a we have in our state a state of emergency. If you're in contact with a law enforcement officer, they reserve the right to ask you to identify yourself. And if you refuse to identify yourself, then under under certain circumstances, the law enforcement officer can arrest you for. And I I looked it up. I do believe that Texas does have an element of like, identifying yourself. So it's not like the state would be making up a brand new law, whole cloth. It would just be reinterpreting it based on this emergency situation. So you enforce state law against everybody. You know, you look to find the aliens, because that's a component of the federal uh, prosecution for deprivation of rights is going to be you're treating people different because you think they're an alien. But hey, if you treat everybody the same and then you just happen to find some aliens, then that's, that I think would be, um, that leads you towards a legal defense. That, hey, I'm not making assumptions that, you know, these people are aliens, they were trespassing or loitering or spitting on the sidewalk and I asked them to show ID and they couldn't. So, um, I took them into custody and then during the course of processing them, I found out that they were, you know, aliens that were unlawfully present in the United States. And then, so another thing that we talked about is that there are counties there in Texas that are participants in the 287G program, which allows state and local law enforcement officers Mm -hmm. who have been uh, recommended by their agency and properly trained by the federal government to act as, immigration officers on a limited basis and so when you and i were talking about it i went and pulled the list and the majority of the of the limited surprisingly limited number of texas counties that are 287g approved are what is the gem model or the jail enforcement model so what that means is that you have county sheriffs that work in the jails and they process you know intake of of people that have been charged with crimes. So that means during the course of, of, you know, basically the the after booking events into jail is that they are able to determine who might be an alien. Now, under normal circumstances, they would notify Immigration and Customs Enforcement. We have somebody that we believe to be an alien. If I signs off on it, then the sheriff's deputy can sign uh, the immigration documents or request them from ICE, and then after the local enforcement action is done, ICE would come and pick up that person. But since we're talking about the fact that the federal government doesn't want to do basic things that it's supposed to do, what you do is you ask those counties to spare, as difficult it it would be for them, to spare 287G approved deputies to come south and work in that 100 mile zone, at um, you know I now I can't remember which county it was that I was in that had a a jail that was set aside for Operation Lone Star, but um, have them work there. Ask other states that can spare 287g approved sheriffs to send them to Texas. Have them work in the zone. So when you have Texas DPS or the Texas National Guard and the same thing, ask other states that are amenable to send the National Guard to work. And as they find people, arrest them, turn them over to the sheriffs that can make the determinations about whether or not the people are aliens. And if they're aliens, don't send them back to the port of entry, like a port of entry like the current executive order says, make them go back to Mexico now i i saw that where i guess the governor's spokesperson was like we're not talking about dragging people back into mexico that would be illegal okay yeah you're right it would be so great but just because you can't drag them back into mexico doesn't mean you can't shove them back into mexico and that's what we need to be doing is we need to be like closing closing the ad hoc fence leaving only enough space for people to pass through it one by one and then basically just giving them a, a gentle push back into Mexico and closing closing that gap behind them. And then you and I had talked also about the river. Well, what do you do about people that are crossing the river? And that was where I introduced you to the concept of the Belgian gate. So um, when I was in college for listeners, I was both a criminal justice major, but I was also a history major. So I, my interest was World War II So the Nazis on the Normandy beaches used what were called Belgian gates. They're basically welded pieces of steel that look like a gate, but are, I guess, similar to a sled that a linebacker would use in training. So these are designed to tear up boats. So the Nazis used them knowing if we landed troops by uh, landing craft, that we would tear up our landing craft if we tried to land at high tide. So we had instead had to wait until low tide so Texas should weld up some Belgian gates and drop them in the river to prevent rafts from coming coming across and landing people. So can people still climb over Belgian gates? Yeah, they could, but once they're wet, they're gonna become slippery. I don't I imagine that the river, you know, has life in it that would, you know, cling to the Belgian gate and make it even slipperier. So could people cross around them? Yeah, they could. But again, if you drop them side by side, you're gonna have a cho- natural choke point where people are gonna have to you know, cross one by one. And then when they do that, it's easier to pick them up
0: right and i think there's there's a lot to unpack there and i did uh post i did show the uh belgian gate as well some examples of that and i think that that's a great idea because one of the things too that i've that that i personally heard while in the capital in our state capital uh you know a lot of people mention um one of the hiccups that we have that a lot of people don't um may not realize especially if they don't live along the border that uh and even to governor abbott's credit and this is to his credit because uh, I say this because, you know, people think, oh, well, the state of Texas is just going to build a wall. And I'm like, there's a lot to that. And it's, but again, you address those issues. You talked about it because a lot of it is privately owned. Um, and when you have that, a lot of them are ranchers and they they need to have access to the water, to the river for their livestock and, and you know, for for their their ranches. Uh, but the Belgian gate is something that would still allow access um, and, and pretty much serve its, its purpose. Um you know that 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 is a beautiful thing uh to to envision at least in my head. but one of the things that I kind of want to go back to was that number one, of course when we were talking and you said two eighty seven g I like parked up because that's that's one of the that's actually one of the main um priorities for secure the border and alliance for safe Texas is to expand that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we would be following Florida's lead in that, uh, but to expand the program and a lot of people when I even talk about it, they just aren't familiar with it. And honestly, it's not that I'm like some whiz because I'm not at all. Uh, it just so happens that Tarrant County is one of the the few counties in the state of Texas that has it that I'm familiar with it. Um, and and I was like, man, we, we need to expand on this and you know, uh, and that's a beautiful way to put and to use 287G that it's not currently being used at the way that you proposed it. Um, and I remember even McCraw a while back um, in one of the Senate hearings, you know, when 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 asked about uh, the possibility of, a, of an interstate compact, which is something that Senator Bob Hall has been trying to get passed for years now, that would have, had it been in place, could have been very effective uh, right now in this current standing, um... You know and I think that we still do need to get that passed, uh, in the ADA session. But all of that to say that, like McCraw had said, well, I don't want my, 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 you know, my, um, my law enforcement, my my guys, uh, to you know I- implementing 287G. Well, but if you even implement it in the way that you mentioned of having those counties, you know, have a representative or a deputy from that, and, and even from bringing it out of state, you know, a while back. Uh, we did have like Florida and I think South Dakota. I think there was a few different states that actually offered to send their uh, their their guardsmen down to help and assist at the border. Um, a lot of them were turned away and, and, and sent back. From the state of Texas, I'm not quite understanding why that was either at that time, but kind of the same premise. But like you said, those because it is a nationwide thing. There are cities uh, within various states across the uh, across the country that could then potentially send that and aid. And I really like the way that you presented that case. Um, And hopefully, we will be able to expand that here in the state of Texas. But all of that to say that, and I also really like the way that you said it's almost like the executive order and ols as it currently stands is still especially the executive order is is essentially still using federal laws that is, is is kind of what we're we're trying to go back to state sovereignty which it should be we're trying to get away from it's almost as if right now operation Lone stars stands in the current cases like with what we're seeing with the doj coming out like it's almost as if like it's setting us up for failure from the get-go instead of implementing smart, you know, yes, this is unprecedented, but there, th- these are the ways that we could, like you said, make it worth the while. If we're going to trigger, trigger the constitutional crisis, uh, you know, which it should be triggered, it needs to be triggered, that's how I believe that we're going to survive this. Make it worth the while and fight the smart battles. use it and use the taxpayer dollars, which is so finite. You know, the state of Texas doesn't just write blank checks like the federal government does, nor do we have the the money. I mean, yes, the state of Texas is like the ninth, you know, strongest economy in the entire world, but that doesn't mean that it's an infinite source of money. um and where we, none of it is actually solving the problem as of right now. Hence, we are where we are right now, where now the DOJ could, very well be going after our our law enforcement officers all of that to say that these are all really in my opinion um you present the case of saying let's let's fight this the state of texas should fight this fight and write these executive orders and implement these policies that would make it worthwhile um and do it legally and constitutionally because we do have the constitution on our side and these are the things that we can that, that we could be done that would possibly be a lot more effective than OLS as it currently stands.
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean that's the at the end of the day that's what I want to see is I want you know what I would really like is the federal government to actually do its job, but I, we've pretty much uh, advocated that and so that just that leaves Texas to do our our dirty work. So, yeah, I want to see Texas be successful. And if it's going to spend money that it, you know, that is basically spent doing the federal government's job, then I want to see Texas taxpayers have something to show for it. I mean, for every for every panel of border fence that the governor puts up there in Texas that he got from, uh, you know, the federal government, the whole thing is that he should be having AG Paxton sue the federal government for the reimbursement of the construction costs associated with it. Because the whole thing is that it was intended for the international border. It was intended to prevent exactly what it is that we're having this discussion about. So spend the money to erect fencing because ultimately that's a a long-term investment You know, this has to stop at some point, but, um, you know, get them get the money back that any other money that would be spent on Operation Lone Star probably is not recoverable. But money, construction money, that is actually something that the state could could potentially recoup in, uh, you know, either in court or through a, a future administration. Mm
0: hmm. So I, I, I am just so thankful and grateful for you to come on here because I was like, how, how do I present this case of like what I'm trying to say uh, and what I think is happening? And am I even correct? And, um, you know, it, it turns out that you 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 know your stuff, you know what you obviously this is your uh, sorry. The thing is like beeping in my ear. This is your your field of expertise for quite some time for decades now. And uh, and I, I, where can people go to follow the great heart seller?
1: Well, so so people that are feel like they can't get enough of me are welcome to uh, follow me on Twitter. So it's going to be the at symbol and then eight USC twelve. So eight as in Title eight, and then USC as in United States Code, and then the number twelve. And then if people really want to nerd out, I started blogging um i guess now uh, two years ago maybe so my my blog is a little bit difficult to uh, it is basically like a play on immigration words so in immigration an, an alien that is deportable is the legal term is they are amenable so um and if you are not doing a targeted enforcement action you just happen to make it an arrest of an alien that arrest is called a collateral arrest so my blog is called amenables and collaterals so it's amenables and collaterals all one word.com and so like for instance i have a blog post on uh, asylum it's entitled yes asylum is legal but dot 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 and then i have uh, i have some other ones on like how to read the border metrics and and things like that. So if people are are interested, I'm I'm on Twitter partly because I do actually enjoy enjoy trolling people on on immigration. But also the Mm -hmm. whole thing was that I got on to Twitter because I I wanted to help people understand the law. You know, I got on in October of twenty seventeen uh you know people were screeching about asylum back then oh asylum is legal and yeah asylum is legal but entering the united states anywhere between in, anywhere other than a port of entry for any reason including cuz you want asylum is a crime so that i just i you know i have a personal twitter account and so i was you know reading stuff and every time the president would post something people would reply with, asylum is legal, asylum is legal. So that just, I finally one day was like, you know what? I'm going to start an immigration account. And so I did. And that's, you know, here I am now.
0: Yes. And it's a great resource. And uh, it's, it's, and I enjoy a lot of the stuff that you uh, tweet out there. It's, it's comical at times. And yeah, I appreciate it very, very, very much. So well, Hart, I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, I I feel like it was just, I hope that people, uh, got the message that we tried to put across, and kind of that 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 warning call of what very well could be happening very soon, um, you know, if if they decide to, like we said, kind of push this past, just uh, an intimidation call. Do you think that, real quick, before we before we let you go and close out, do you think that they might be willing to to make that uh, to make that that move?
1: Uh, you talking about the federal government making the, that move? Yes. Oh, yeah. I I could. I'm. A little bit surprised that they haven't already. They're probably just planning the logistics who they're gonna arrest and and when. We've already covered the the why part. So if yeah. if people are gonna make the trek from if federal agents are gonna make the trek from all around the country to start arresting Texan law enforcement officers and national guardsmen, then make them make them earn it. You know, show the people of Texas that this isn't a dog and pony show that's just, you know, uh uh you know, an exercise in setting taxpayer money on fire and, you know, show them that that the Texas state government is actually going to do what it says it's going to, not just expensively virtue signal.
0: And 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 then if and when the very likely case scenario of of when this happens, let Texas see and let the rest of the country see. Let them see it. Let them see how bad this really truly is, and let them see, in my opinion, the treasonous government, federal government, uh, and DOJ, once again, how this is an open assault uh, that that threatens our republic, because that that's, that's how I feel. Let them see it. Like you said, make it worth it, and then let them see. So that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. So I, I appreciate it very much for your time. Thank you so very much, Hart.
1: Oh, absolutely! It was my pleasure. I had a I had a great time, and I hope people found it useful and informative.
0: Me too. Thank you so much, and I will uh, make care. sure to post your, your information. I will I'll go in the comments on all of the social media pages as well, and I'll post uh, your website on there and uh, and your Twitter feed, uh, your Twitter ha- Twitter handle on there, so people can find it easy to follow you.
1: Fantastic! Thanks so much. I look forward to it. Take care. Thank,
0: thank you. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, guys, so that was The Great Heart seller. I hope that you guys, uh, like I said, got from this what I was hoping that you guys would hear. I felt like it was far more than just a, uh, you know, and a, a deserved a deeper dive uh, and was very concerning, um, you know, than, than just... Uh, A possible heading that's uh, on a news cycle that people just might see and then over glance and then one day wake up when this actually, when these actions are taken and realize and go, whoa, what the heck just happened? So, um, anyways, guys, I really, really, really appreciate it. And I also hope that this podcast broadcast, of course, this will be uh, uploaded on the podcast version that'll be on Spotify, iHeart, uh, TuneIn, um, Google Play, and so many other. Podcast versions uh, shortly after. Please make sure that you guys like and share the video. Uh, go. You can also go to the YouTube page and share that to, to friends and family members that are not on Facebook or Twitter or Getter. Um, but I feel like it's important. And then go to securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us, and go to the Take Action tab. And if this does not motivate you guys uh, to go there, and we have the Citizens Called Action that was released right after the press conference. We're putting the pressure, uh, you know, Governor Abbott wants to hear from you. Let him hear from you. We've got a template out there putting, you know, we're just encouraging Abbott to make that unprecedented move of declaring this as an invasion. Hopefully this conversation today uh, solidifies the need of why that isn't so important. Um, We also want to go ahead and do the same thing. There's also uh, the call to action there uh, for Ken Paxton. Let's reignite that as well. Uh, Let's let's encourage him to do to release that opinion as well, and then of course share the petition that was released last night. I think last that we looked, it was like it was over 200. I think it was like almost 250. I'm not sure what it is right now, but guys, share that link. Also, guys, don't please don't donate to that petition app. That that money will not go to the nonprofit. Uh, We have the not the donate button on the website securetheborder.us that that donate button will go straight to. If you guys uh, you know are able or would like like to donate to Secure the Board, to the Nonprofit Alliance for uh, Safe Texas. There's that donate button that's on the website at securetheborder.us uh, but don't donate on the petition. All we're asking you guys is just for your signatures. We will print that in and we will walk into our representatives' offices and to uh, Governor Abbott's office as well. So anyways, again, I hope that you guys got a lot of information from this. Uh, we have upcoming inform- upcoming events, um, the border events, Border 911 event on August 27th uh, in Houston you guys can go to border911.com to register for that event then uh, I just found out today that I will be going to the Fredericksburg Tea Party annual fundraiser uh, September 17th so we'll be putting more information um, on that as well in upcoming events go to the website take action secure the border.us secure the border.us thank you guys so much for logging in and let's continue to do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our sweet Texas. Y'all have a great night. Thank you. Yes, and you know who else did that? It's the Mexican cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon.